Hello and welcome to the inaugural test podcast for Follow Me and Die. This is Larry Hamilton. I'm the guy behind Follow Me and Die, the blog, and uh, recently the YouTube channel. I've seen a lot of other uh, OSR bloggers and so forth get involved with Anchor and podcasting. I thought I'd just check it out and see if the time investment and tech investment is any less than with YouTube. I've already got a lot of this stuff for YouTube. I've recently picked up a... Uh, arm and shock mount for my Blue Yeti. Uh, I hadn't used it until this podcast because I've been uh, sidetracked from working on the YouTube channel. I find it interesting that there always seems to be something to talk about when it comes to games and maybe my ramblings will be of interest to others. I uh, keep seeing on different forums that people complain about gamers that use the label OSR and lump all gamers with that label into the same group of inconsiderate morons who don't have the manners that they should have learned from their parents or pretend that they didn't learn from their parents. I just don't understand people that have to go about doing that. I can understand having a bad day and reaching a breaking point and letting slip on somebody, but to go online and do that takes a lot more effort than to just blow up at somebody in public. Not that that's acceptable, but that seems to be kind of what people are doing, taking their bad day and raining it on everybody. But some of these people seem to have a bad day every day. So, I don't know, are they having such a bad day because they're not spending enough time playing games? Because obviously if they spend all that energy preparing for a game or playing a game, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Then there's the group that complain about version X of D&D or genre X of this RPG is not to my taste, so nobody should like it. I'm like, what? What What arrogance? You know, the best game version of D&D is the one you play. If you're not playing D&D, or you don't want to play D&D, but you like role-playing games, then the game that you do play, that's the best role-playing game. And if you've got a shelf full of games you never play, well, something needs to change. There's Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds and Play by Post and uh, other means of playing games if you don't have a group in person. I've struggled to get an in-person group for the longest time, so I've been playing on Roll20 for over four years. And I'm looking to expand to doing stuff in the local game store if I can ever get things straightened out to make that work. So rather than complain about stuff, look for the good things. And so not having uh, organized notes or a script. Lots of long pauses here. Looking at my timer, trying to keep it between 10 and 15 minutes tops, and I haven't even hit 5 minutes. And that's with all these long pauses that will be edited out. So, this may not necessarily be for me. I struggle the same way with YouTube and all the ums and ahs and long pauses for silence. It doesn't have to be that way when I script things out, or I know exactly what I want to say. No long pauses, no awkward pauses, and a lot less ums and ahs. That's a challenge that one has to get used to. I also hear that I'm making that stupid sound that drives me nuts. I'm doing that every time I move my mouth. So I've got a filter for that somewhere. I need to get that installed. So yeah, we're going to call this episode Zero a Test. Trying to work out all the little hiccups and glitches. So I've got to figure out what I did with that filter. This office is a mess. Every time I think I'm going to have a chance to clean it, uh, something else comes up that has to be done. Yay. The joys of working from home and having my workspace for work and my game space slash workspace for the blog and 
online games be the same space kind of get stacked up a little bit i guess the question a lot of people have tried to answer is what is the osr and i think it for me it's more than one thing a lot of it is the nostalgia factor for people loving the old games uh, i started with holmes blue box and because it said in there of course you want advanced dungeons and dragons when it comes out so we took it at face value and the later basics were for babies and so i didn't really know what was in the basic box set until a few years ago when the osr was out and all the blogs were talking about what was in there and i'm like oh really they've got some good stuff in that and so yeah there's some interesting things in there while AD&D has a place in my heart as the game i have played the most it does have a lot of complexity that we tossed all kinds of complexity and i've been playing AD&D online roll 20 every wednesday night for over four years 208 sessions and there's a lot there that just is too much it's nice to have a rule for maybe a framework so i definitely want something simpler leaner quicker to run personally i like uh, delving deeper and how it's cleaned up original DD uh, organized it that really kind of hits a sweet spot for me bx i got to play that at origins with a group of guys there ungainly swordsman mephrodis and others and it's you know how as light as you can get basically and the older i get the less i want to learn complex rules so lots of hand waving and just moving on with it less looking at the book for some reason advanced seems to invite pouring over the rules and rules lawyering and it kind of i don't know is not the uh, way i'd like to go i just like to play and move on instead of spending 30 plus minutes arguing about some minor point now if it's some rule we use all the time and there have been a couple times i've not understood it the way others have understood it and convinced them of my interpretation of it and in other cases they've pointed out something that i'd never caught and i've gone to their understanding and then there's those things that i can't believe they do it that way and we'll you know and they're the same about my understanding of things but you know to each their own i run a game that's a D, &D. we went on hiatus when my busy time at work hit the end of november uh through january and we had others step in and haven't got back to uh, my game which it'll be there whenever we get back to it and i've been running more games at cons and at uh, gary con i took all kinds of stuff with me and ended up using so little of it i almost don't need to take any of the rule books with me if i've got a good enough uh, electronic device having the rules electronically i won't need to carry any books with me and just enough notes to run the scenarios ah here comes the train this is a frustrating thing on wednesday nights i have to hit the mute button let's just see how long this takes i don't know what this is going to sound like i'm not hearing it getting picked up but maybe it's getting picked up uh, while i talk here okay now the train is done and the bell at the crossing is finally stopped so this happens during work I've had clients ask me if I was standing on the train tracks. During games, I try to hit the mute button so people don't have to listen to it. It is rather distracting. It's really bad when it's a really long train like that one, and we do have a double track through town, so sometimes you actually get one going one direction, another going the other way, and lasts even longer. 
there's also a lake in the middle of town where sound bounces across it with the leaves on the trees in the warmer weather it's not as bad in the winter it just really echoes because nothing to stop the sound there, without the leaves there's nothing to stop the sound that's another reason why I don't record a lot of videos because I've got a <laughs> that really messes things up when the sound of the train whistle and the rattling of the tracks interrupt when I'm talking because I have to wait and I have to edit that section out and piece it together and it just adds to the time. So I, I do not live in the optimal location for doing sound recording and it's so loud because I live across the street from the house next door to the tracks. When uh, my ex and I were looking at this house we said, oh yeah, there's tracks. I guess there'll be a train. And I don't know how many times we came by here having to approve different things before we were able to close on the house. Not a single train. Of course, the day we moved in, there was like 30. And I guess the only good thing about this uh, being close to the train is it's a freight line. And so uh, when the economy tanked in 2008, the number of trains went way down. And I've seen the number of trains come back up to about what it was before 2008 so that's a good indication of what the economy's doing when it starts going back down again i'll know things are not good so anyway enough of the sine over cosine that's uh trigonometry speak for tangent anyway where was i something about rules lawyers and simpler rules and not liking complex rules As the older i get the less i want to learn a new set of complex rules i just want to be able to go and make a ruling the cons i've been going to i am trying to get leaner and leaner with what i take and uh, i did buy this fancy catalog case with wheels and a telescoping handle to lug stuff around and that would be okay if i for some reason needed a lot of stuff but i really don't i need like some pre-gens my dice and if it uses uh descending armor class uh, maybe combat tables you know something like i mentioned delving deeper it's pretty small book so uh, that one book can handle a lot i don't really need a screen other than to maybe hide a map or something i've gotten away from running modules because for me it just takes too much time for me to learn a module village of homlet was the first thing i tried running at a con and for my first con experience it was a lot of work i did spent less time writing my own and so then I'm like okay every time I run something at a con it's something that I came up with on my own for me that's easier and if I come up with it on my own I know it pretty well and just need some bullet points and notes to get me through it doesn't have to be that complex and for a con you don't want to get too involved with it you want to have you know some sort of mystery some sort of twist to it so it's different and interesting, but you don't need a lot of books for that. I'm just getting where, you know, less is more. Half the time you just set up a situation and let the players loose on it, and they basically come up with what's going to happen. Because they always see something you don't. They always put weight on some innocent thing that you said, and they go, oh, oh you said that. we got to go check that out. And you're like, I said, oh, I did say something about that. And then you're like going off on some side quest in your mind and it's like the quest in the mind of the players and so you end up preparing something because you let slip something you didn't intend to let slip so for me that's my biggest challenge is not getting caught up in the moment of trying to play some npc and letting 
some stupid thing come out of my mouth that sends the players off in the opposite direction I was thinking they were going to go. You know, I do run an open world, so they can go whichever way they want, but you just have to think about those things if you want to keep the players, at least to the start, in a certain area that isn't too hard to control, you know, uh, not control, but to manage the growth of the campaign, similar with convention games. You know, I get all worked up and thinking i got to have every little detail planned out or not every little detail but have enough structure there that i'm good to go yeah you need to maybe have some stats on some npcs and some stats on some creatures that maybe they're not creatures you run all the time or some new creature you invented for the game so yeah you, you might need a, a few notes but other than a few pages and notes that are maybe bullet points with uh, maybe a sentence to flesh it out and your pre-gens and some stats on NPCs and monsters and your dice and a pen or a pencil and maybe a notepad so you can add notes if you want to write this thing up to try to share it with other people or run it again. You can travel pretty light. You can fit a lot of different game scenarios into, well, a catalog case and be ready to run anything. And certain scenarios I know so well because they're just so ingrained in my memory. Like if I want to run something from uh, my home campaign, I know the layout of the area and whatnot. I can say, okay, here's your characters and let's go. And I just need some dice and something to scribble on and I'm good to go. That That's a cool thing. The more you run games, the more you get where you figure out what's the minimum you need. I haven't quite gotten perfected system of what's the most lean I can be to run a game other than dice. I, there are certain scenarios I know I could do it with just dice. I would feel a little bit more comfortable having a few bullet points because when I get into it, I can uh, easily forget some point that I wanted to work into the game. Not that it ruins anything, because the players, if you do it right, they have no idea that you forgot to introduce some plot twist or NPC or monster into the game. Keep your cool, relax, have fun. Players won't know most of the time that anything was wrong. So uh, that's kind of an all-over-the-place random thing. I call myself an OSR guy. I also think somewhere I read in the last couple of years that and it was a old school guy. I don't remember. I wish I could remember who said it uh, on their blog. But 5e is the game that most new players are going to get exposed to. Why not learn how to run it and have fun with it? And I don't have a problem with it. I've played it a few times at conventions. There are a few things that are a little more complex than they need to be. I'm as an old school player and being used to the complexities of AD&D. I want to understand where numbers come from, and there's a few numbers on the character sheet that you've got to look in the player's handbook, the DM's guide, and the starter kit to get a good understanding of those. A character sheet should explain where all that stuff comes from, at least a beginner character sheet, so that the new player knows what this number is and where it comes from. You know, indicate the page where you find it. It shouldn't be that hard to find all the things on the official character sheet that Wizards of the Coast provides for 5e. If it's going to be an official character sheet, it needs to be really simple and really clear in explaining how to get all the numbers that you've got. You know, once I get it in my head how it all fits together, no problem. But uh, the one thing with even a 5th level character I played in a convention game, it turned out I had advantage on initiative and didn't realize that 
until like the last two or three times we ran and rolled initiative because it was on the back of the character sheet. Something like that needs to be on the front. Having too much on the sheet so that important stuff like that's on the back is a headache. Combat's the more complex, involved thing. That should be on the front of the sheet so you're not always flipping over to see what's on the back. The back should maybe be what gear you have that's not combat relevant. Maybe a listing of spells, but you shouldn't be flipping back and forth between the front and the back of the character sheet all the time. So that's my one complaint, and only playing at a few conventions and not playing regularly, I just haven't got all the ins and outs down yet. So I am planning to do something with that. Run the starter box scenario Lost Minds of Fandelver, either online or the FLGS, because I, you know want to understand it better. I am looking at some different ideas for adventures that I want to write up and put together for uh, RPG Now. I've also mentioned I've got a card game I'm working on and plan to kickstart it. I've got somebody that's helping me along with some of that and a lot of it timing wise is dependent upon their schedule clearing up so it's slowly taking shape. I can't give a lot of details yet because there's still far too much up in the air but when it's getting closer to uh, reality as far as a kickstarter i'll be uh, sure to share that i've decided that i'm going to uh, run my first dcc funnel and as i mentioned before i'm getting more where i write stuff from scratch i've got an idea for a funnel it's going to be a lot of fun i'll be running that at yukon in ann arbor in november it is the same weekend as game hole con so i will not be at game hole con i decided after my first gary con i'd always go to gary con and it's sometimes the same weekend as a small local con here in kalamazoo called marmalade dog at western michigan university both game hole con and yukon are at the mercy of football schedules and so sometimes they end up being the same weekend. When they're the same weekend, I decided I better go to UConn. UConn is a very strong OSR con. And a little bit of trivia, they are have a very strong Tecumel track. And they have Tecumel players come from worldwide to play. So if you are a Tecumel player and want to play some Tecumel, come uh, to UConn. If uh, you didn't know that about UConn, now you do. Well... I've rambled long enough here. It's coming up on a half hour of talking with interruption by the train and my ums and ahs and long pauses for silence, so I'll edit this down and we'll see where we end up. Thanks for listening. I'd appreciate any comments and any topics you want me to talk about. Do this uh, phone-in thing and we'll figure out how to get that working too. Take care and game on.